Uh, I do want to introduce Mike. Uh, he's going to give you a brief overview, just kind of like what is happening over here at Tide University Laundry, and then we'll transition that story into basically why you guys are here, um, what Team Solvent is doing um, in this building, and just some of the things that we're going to be a part of. And then, after you guys kind of get that context, we'll kind of make this a design-focused conversation in terms of we got some designers here from the team, and we just want to bring value to you guys. We know that most of you might be transitioning out to the professional world, or maybe you're still a student with a few more years and you just have some questions that are on your mind. Trends, industry, how to get a job, what are we looking for? Those are all on the table. Love to hear from you guys. So Mike? Yeah. Mike, kicking okay, us cool. off? So uh, Tide, everybody can really raise your hand if you've heard of Tide. Windows soap, not food. Uh, <laughs> so Tide has uh, three service businesses that do laundry for people. Uh, one of them is Tide Dry Cleaners, uh, like a conventional walk-in dry cleaner. One of them is Tide Spin. They're in Chicago. It's a wash and fold service. They also do dry cleaning, pick up and delivery. And then Tide University Laundry. And so uh, you guys are in a building that is connected to Tide University Laundry. So one of the service businesses is here. We are at OU. We are trying to get at Oak State. So if anybody wants to help with that venture, we can talk about that after. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we, um, Tide University Laundry has a design and marketing team. That is what Jamie does all the design for uh, that we do. And then Tide, 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 Tide Laundry Services uh, has set forth to rebuild and redesign some software that Tide University Laundry had back in the day. And that's what the Solvent team is helping bring to life. So there's some enterprise software that helps everybody run the businesses. When somebody calls and says, hey, I can't find my sock. All that goes through the software. We find the sock, all that stuff. All app notifications, everything like that that a customer might experience at home, all goes through all of that software. So high level, there's software for the enterprise to run the business. And then there are websites and apps for customers to order a pickup, uh, to see how much they spent on the shirt cleaning, etc., etc. Uh, so this team is bringing that software to life, uh, and Jamie is doing all the, the design for one of the services. Cool? Take a look. Beautiful. Wait, before I do, uh, we get visitors from Procter & Gamble. Raise your hand if you've heard of Procter & Gamble. Yeah. Okay. They own Tide. Uh, and about 50 other brands. If you walk through the grocery store, um, how many total? Oh. 65 brands, including Coca-Cola. No. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but basically, two thirds of a grocery store is is comes out of Procter. Not really, but a lot of a grocery store comes out of Procter Gable. And so we we want they they help us in this process. One, understand the businesses. Two, understand a lot of the technological challenges that building software brings. And so Arvin in the back, raise your hand. And Anna and Doug are all Procter & Gamble. Uh, Arvin lives in Cincinnati, where the headquarters, headquarters? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Doug lives in Singapore, and Anna lives in Geneva, uh, which is a, like out, just outside of Cincinnati. No. <laughs> so, um, we're lucky today, yesterday and today, they're happy to be here. Um, Adam, who works with one of the other services, his businesses was here also, but um, they'll also, like Anna has a lot of experience with package design uh, with Tide. Um, and so if you have questions later on about that, she's a really good resource. She does more calls. Sweet, thank you, Mike, yeah. appreciate that. 
And I know this is standing up and stuff, but I can't see some of you guys. So basically, that's just an overview of what we're doing here, and I just want to make some space right now. Does anybody have any questions regarding any of that that I might be able to answer right now? Cool. Also, let's, get, let's bring the tone down a little bit. Um, how's the SVC going? You guys excited about that? So when does that all kick off? Tomorrow at 7.30 in the morning? Is there like coffee at this first event? Like, you hope so. At least there's some coffee in the uh, hotel, right? So how about three, five, maybe more of you guys, if whoever wants to kind of popcorn this up, just kind of like give us your name. Like, what are you doing at OSU? And like, what are you looking forward to at DS DSPC? If you get to just get to know some of you guys. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but Carter, I see you. Okay. <laughs> I'm call you out. Just yeah. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Whatever you want to do. Um, I'm Carter Link. Uh, I well, I guess we're all graduate. Well, you guys are graduating. Who, who's graduating. Who's graduating? Who's graduating? It should be. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Graduating in May. Yeah. Um, I am interested in. Essentially going to advertising, I'm not really sure, but I like motion design, branding design. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And what brings you to DSVC? Um, you know, the ex I don't know, but getting to go to a design conference. Cool. I got work in the show, and so. Cool. And, uh, hoping for some awards? Yeah, hoping for some awards. All right. <laughs> cool. Anybody else? Networking. Right? Networking. Yes. Networking. It's part of this, too. So. Um, okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, I'm Jordan Richards. Um, I'm also a senior graduating. Um, and I'm excited to be here for yeah, networking. Um, they have a lot of cool keynote speakers and breakout sessions with cool leaders in our industry, so I'm excited to hear them talk. Yeah. Who, are, who are some big ones? Um, they have the creative director from Widen Kennedy. Oh, wow. She's the big one, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. Awesome. And when does she speak? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know when the big one is, but either, okay. I think it's probably Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So it goes tomorrow, Saturday. Is there anything on Sunday that's happening? No. Okay. So the Saturday night's like closing ceremonies yeah. and whatnot. Okay. Sunday morning, everybody's going to be carpet <laughs> Exactly, right? <laughs> cool. How about just a couple more? I'm not sure. Oh, we got, we got you. We okay. got you. It's oh, all right. Okay. I'm Trent Daniels. Uh, Hi, Trent. Yeah, senior here, graduating. Uh, I'm interested in, like, web design and, like, front end web development a little bit. Right. Quite a bit. Um, and from GSBC, I want to kind of get some connections with, like, agencies and kind of talk about, like, how, like, the, I guess, like, the environment with, like, websites and things like that kind of go on. It's more, like, you know, first-hand experience and talk about that. Okay. Great. And how about one more? Yeah, following along that, let's follow along. What's up, Colin? Uh, shout out. What's that? Um, <laughs> you know Colin, too? Yeah. No. Oh. Also, <laughs> I'm interested in more like uh, motion design and iconography. And I would try to just feel like all the networking and be able to like, meet new designers, you know, because like, you don't really need that many. And so I want to, like, out. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, so, so I'm pretty excited about Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, um, as we guys got this brief overview just of basically what's going on at Tide University Laundry here and then Solvent, I'll go in a little bit more detail as to what 
who we are as Team Solvent. Um, that's kind of like, we're, we're the startup crew right here. This is kind of the founding fathers, if you will. Um, we have some team leads here. Design would be Colin and me, and then we have Yusuf as our iOS lead. Yusuf, you wanna raise your hand up there? Then we have Brendan, front end, am I correct on that? He's, how, how long have you been on the team? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks, awesome. Then we have Steven Torres over here, product manager. Um, Brent is coding away over there. He's our .NET developer. The social network. He's plugged in. He's, come out. He is <laughs> on lock. Did I miss anybody? I feel like I got everybody, right? Okay, cool. Pete? Pete? What do, what do you do? What, what, what? <laughs> well, we don't know by now. Um, I, yeah, so I, I started the we, we kind of built the old way of doing things, and, and now we're trying to, trying to um, help these guys yes. uh, build the new way. Yeah, Mike and Pete have been very instrumental in not only laying the foundation, so all the technology that Tide University Laundry is using, they've, they've built from the ground up, but also just kind of passing off that knowledge to this team and helping grow this team to whatever the new frontier is for us. And so that's basically um, the seat that they sit in. It's just leading us and guiding us with all that information and help setting us up for the future, for the future products that we'll be building. So, yes, we're a product team. And as you can see, we're kind of comprised of, um, from the design side, not only is what me and Colin producing more digital focus, user experience, UI, uh, software development, also with Jamie being more brand focused, print focused, all that kind of stuff. We, we work together, we're very collaborative in that effort. Um, Colin and I share the same background in terms of like starting with that brand, starting more traditional print, all that kind of stuff. So just want to give you guys a little bit of frame of reference. So as we interface and as we ask questions, just know that um, if there's any questions from digital, I know we've got some web interest over here to even some still produce, you know, motion graphic to brand management, all that other kind of stuff. I think we have a great crew to have a great conversation around any questions you might have, uh, especially transitioning from a student and forward. Um, Do you guys want to hear a background? Would that be helpful for them? Our background is yeah. a little story? Yeah. Sure. You want to start? Would that be helpful? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Jamie? <laughs> 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 okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I went to OU. Uh, I graduated eight years ago. That seems weird. Wow. Uh, and uh, yeah, started in print and brand and all of that. Worked at a small agency in Oklahoma City. Um, then I went to a church and started as a junior designer with my art director um, leading the team. And then uh, moved to Dallas right after that and was an art director here for a few years. And then became a creative director and led the entire team writing, design, video. Um, and then uh, left that and was freelancing with uh, like four or five different agencies for about six months. And then met Mike. And here I am. Brand, uh, brand, oh. illustration, web. Product all across the world. Just casual. Just everything. Well, sorry, <laughs> and then now. Yeah. He's also a pilot. Yeah. So, go ahead. Ah, this is true. Android's um, a cool Jeep. Yeah, I'm from San Antonio, ACU. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no love. No love. No, no, your audience. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> ACU, I graduated three years ago, so it's still pretty fresh. I can relate to y'all. Uh, yeah, 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 y'all. 
Um, and I used to work actually at a couple blocks down. I worked at a small agency. Um, and yeah, it worked the whole game. It had like 10 different clients from lots of corporate, law firm, real estate agent, but we also had some vodka clients, got to do some cool things, taste testings. Um, and that was really fun. And then. <laughs> Uh, and then I got a friend uh, that did some freelance work for Mike and said they were hiring me, and so let's I'm here now. Doing that. Awesome, Jamie. Um, so I'm Ryan Taus. I know a few of you guys. My background, I've been in, I'm basically been in the same seat you guys have been in. Went through the whole OSU design program with Phil, with Justin, so I love those dudes. Um, Graduated, went to OKC, got a job at Ghost, which is a boutique uh, small shop there off of 9th and Broadway in downtown Oklahoma City. I think they're still humming along. And then worked there about two and a half years and then got onboarded over to Life Church um, and was a designer there for three and a half years, working on everything ministry related uh, across all of our different locations. And then as some of you might might share that same passion, I was just more curious of like what... Um, design could bring to a user's experience and, and using technology and everything digital like that. And so for me, just um, always learning about that and wanting to get my feet wet. So we also have several product teams over there and uh, a position became available. So I was been practicing a little over two and a half years actually in the digital space as a designer. So we took that team from about five to seven and as it sits, I think it's about 25 deep. Um, there's only one or two designers, one on the time I left, and then the rest is just project management and engineers on the team. So handling multiple products across business logic of you know multiple locations and all that other kind of good stuff. Very much very similar to the sit, seat I sit in here today, thinking about how to provide services in those types of formats. And so been doing this, uh, yeah, almost three years now, so in this particular focus, um, and then Love that I get to share, sit here, sit down with uh, kind of my alma mater and just bring you guys in and have a fun conversation and see you guys while you're here in Dallas. So thanks for coming. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. So um, sometimes there's definitely a, like, a lot of fresh blood here. Like, hire, so there's kind of some new horizons that you're going towards in the internship because like, what's, what's coming that you're going to do? What's, what are you going towards? There's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some of it we can talk about, some of it not so much. But uh, I think as Mike had mentioned, um, the pro we're a product-focused team. And so when you think about services and then you think about Tide with those 65 brands, I mean, there's just so much that technology is moving towards and big, large uh, brands are looking to leverage that technology to meet consumers' needs and really be focused on the user and creating great experiences. And so I think in a general context, that's the focus of this team is – um, it's providing that uh, for Tide, for Procter & Gamble. Um, on a more micro level, when you think about what Tide Univer or University Laundry, again, with all that tech and the way they've serviced the wash and fold and dry cleaning service, um, they have a lot of tech around that. And so we're trying to figure out how to bring that into alignment with uh, now being under Tide and stuff like that. And so this team has a big focus in that handoff, that transition, and how to create uh, even better user experience, not only for the consumer, but also internally from an operational standpoint as well. So, how far have you guys looked at preparation, and how do you how do you uh, like recognize the trends that are to come? 
Any of you guys want to tackle that? Yeah. Uh, we um, are looking. Well, we have a we have a goal and a deadline that we're looking at right now, uh, meeting that, um, and everything is driven around uh, the users and user feedback, uh, what the users need and want, and so taking both of those into um, consideration to drive where the product is going is really key. Um, outside of that, it's just making sure paying attention to like UX trends, UI trends, making sure that it follows those things so that. You always want to be forward thinking, but you don't want to stretch and break. You want to stretch and pull um, users along with your train. Uh, make sure that this is easy and that the tools are easy to use as well. So you said the user reviews, do you guys get those from like, uh, um, from just like big meetings or like focus groups, or do you get those from like, just like where do you get your responses from? Yeah, so there's, uh, right now we leverage two different uh, ways to do that. Uh, we have what we call discovery meetings that we uh, use Google Ventures Sprinkler to do our discovery meetings. We just got done with that. Some of this stuff is about that. If, um, the goal behind you is from that. Um, it's an exercise to bring in um, users and uh, people who, um, both business uh, people and users, to understand the goal, how to, what you're building, how to build it, those kinds of things, and discover things that maybe you don't know and learn about it. Um, and then the second thing we are doing is um, user reviews, where as we're iterating on a piece of software, we're um, prototyping it um, with, it could be paper sometimes, sometimes it's InVision, things like that, and testing it with them and getting their feedback. Um, and a lot of it is verbal and nonverbal. so seeing, like we'll record this, we good. recorded it today, and knowing like, they go, uh, and you know, they're stuck in the button, it's like, ah, oh, well, that sucks, so we need to move it. Um, <laughs> uh, and then also verbal, like, oh, that doesn't make sense, or, oh, this is nice, and you want to capture both positive and negative. Yeah, I think for me too, when you think about trends and how you're forecasting, right? Um, my approach to design is it's it's timeless. Like, um, there's a lot of core principles that I know you guys are all very familiar with. And so it's less about trends and trying to sift through the trends or what's hot or what's latest to really identifying at the problem what design principle, what timeless design principle can we be in applying to this situation for this particular use case. And so it's less about forecasting that new is pink or purple. It's more of just like, how can we refine this to the best possible solution to meet that need that's present, that problem that's present. And so that's probably how I'd probably frame that answer a little bit more too. Well, from a technology said. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Can you guys talk about a little bit uh, about the transition <coughs> going through, I guess from like I guess the software you have right now to kind of like bring in like this new trans I guess like that new technology that we're working with. Uh, Colin? I'll let you take that. 
Do you want me to take that one? Yeah, that's no, hard. Um, <laughs> I th- Before you go there, don't worry about the technology. <laughs> <laughs> worry about the business process. You know, a lot of people just get enamored by like shiny objects. I've seen this happen all way too many times, right? But what's the problem you're trying to solve? Then you find the right level of technology and actually solve that problem. Don't look at all these things and say, oh, this, this new technology is coming to work. All right, where do I apply it? You know, you got to be completely unsuccessful. Like I would piggyback that and say, yeah, the, uh, what is the saying, like, if someone asked me to cut down a tree, I spent within four hours, I spend the first three hours sharpening the axe. So the majority of our time for the first, like, what, two, three months before we've gotten in was all our research. Uh, we leveraged different tools and people coming in to help us do the research. Um, to understand business goals, business logic, we visited P&G, we visited uh, Tide in, in different places to understand how they work, see users in action, and to understand what both the problem is and the goals are before we even touched any design tool. And so most of what we did was note-taking, uh, writing in um, Dropbox paper, um, and documenting uh, ev- everything that we saw. And I'll add, like, there are things that we'll work on, and like Pete and I's legacy method, I'll forget that it was just our decision, and we'll try to let them make the decision. Like, we'll try to go back to what he's saying. What is the problem we're trying to solve? What's the most efficient way to solve this problem, uh, and then let them decide. You know, this is because they have a much more, like a much more full understanding of, of design tactics now, and I don't. Like I'm, I'm late on it, and so we'll try to always let them be as close to they can, as close as they can be to the problem, and understand it, so that they can make those decisions more. And also trying not to. Um, Trying to shield them somewhat from the, the old stuff, so yeah. it doesn't influence too much of creating it. I mean, we can't we can't lose the knowledge that we gain from all of that. I think it's valuable, but at the same time, there is a tendency to go, especially I think when you work for someone else, to go, oh, the way they did it must be the way they like it done. I'll do it that way, right? Um, and we want them to have the freedom to say, well, I think this is a good way to do it. Um, and if it solves the problem, um, then let's see yeah, if we can go that way. So part of that whole transition. Yeah, that's been real helpful too, like Pete was stating, to kind of allow us to explore and rethink something and have a fresh approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been very wise to lead us that way um, and allow us to discover and anticipate and come up with something new, for sure. Um, for me, me and Colin were kind of talking about this before uh, this time, just preparing, preparing for it. We were thinking like most designers kind of wait around. There's the tendency when you're a little bit new to it to wait for that inspiration to hit, you know, or you might be more into 
again, the trends of hitting dribble up or hitting this up and just kind of like spending so much time on the front end waiting through stuff to wait to that moment of inspiration. And I think what you're hinting on is if you're grounded and you're, you've been diligent enough to research that and practice from that, when you get to a season where you've just kept grinding at that and kept coming back to that rather than chasing something different, uh, you get to a few years into it, into your profession, that it becomes just like anything else in life that you learn. It's just something that you begin to filter very naturally through why does the spot need to be rounded? Why does it need to be put in this location? This X, does it mean cancel? Does it mean exit? What does that do? And so you're always filtering through that in a very natural way. Um, that would probably be the way I would answer it. Um, anybody else want to? I feel like I did a great job with that. So. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Well, feel free to add to it. But you just keep practicing. Just like anything else, practice makes perfect. You learn a new language. You got to learn what the vowels mean, what the verbs mean, how to construct a sentence. Um, in context, someone might say it a little bit differently. There might be a different inflection. And so it just comes with knowing your craft, being a practitioner of that craft, and then just doing that, showing up every day, and plugging away. I would say uh, the, the practice of the graphic design of it, sitting down in Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever, to me, like 40% of the job. Uh, research, asking the right questions, um, knowing who and when to talk to the right people, um, and then iterating, sketching, finding ideas, finding ideas worth chasing, uh, is the other 60%. And so uh, that preparation and learning that preparation is the hardest thing, I think, for younger and junior designers because uh, we all want to make a dope vodka label and just go straight to it and have the best solution. But um, finding the right vodka solution, and uh, no pun intended, is the best uh, way to do it for the customer, for the business. That Agreed. Yeah, I would piggyback on that. Like, I was all about making things look good and cool and pretty and fun. And that, oh my gosh, like over the years, that is the biggest thing that I've learned. Like, oh, it's so much more powerful if you have a really dang good solution to it. Like, it doesn't just look good, it means something, and it solves the problem. So how do you find the meaning? What is your, what yeah, you ask the right questions. Yeah, you um, just research, figuring out what your freaking problem is first. What are you trying to solve? Which um, just sounds so cliche. That's. I feel like that's said so much uh, but it's so true yeah I think we do that by just to bring some practicalness to that's that's the right answer but it's like for us it looks like going and asking people users um, when you're how do you do that with print like I know we bring people in and you know we have them sit at a right but like I mean you have people review things you have you brainstorm an idea and you show them like does this color look good or like when you come to us with things too, it's like, hey guys, just this is our print proof. Like, mm -hmm. just look it over. So it's very much um, operating from a place of open, op being open and transparent to mm -hmm. feedback and not creating in a silo. Yep. Um, not just thinking that, hey, I'm just gonna produce this thing and it's 100%. Yeah. The more you can be open and transparent with your process and share and be open to feedback, the mm -hmm. stronger the product, the stronger the solution uh, should be. And not getting too attached to like one baby, you know, like your favorite one. You kind of let it go sometimes. <laughs> Great question. And that baby's in design. <laughs> okay. So, oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to ask you. You're next. You guys were uh, talking about 
uh, customer feedback and you know like prototyping and refining things like that. Have you guys used any type of uh, eye tracking technology? Like heat mapping? Yeah. Uh, here? No, not yet. Not anything live yet. Um, in past jobs, yeah. Um, we, we use a lot of that in uh, EIT. So okay. when we do all our uh, product design, packaging, shape of the bottles, new labels, uh, placement of the shelf, should this product be at the top uh, uh, shelf, at the bottom, in the middle, what's going to be the impact of sales if you build here or there? We use a lot of uh, different techniques. So we use virtual reality, including eye tracking, where we try to see okay, where do people can take to. Have they noticed that we have a new product on the shelf or people looking at it? And then also within, so that, that's on the shelf that we do a lot. Within a single product, we also do that quite a lot. Like, are, there, are they noticing, again, just a big logo of Tide? Are they seeing the variant? Are, what are they looking at? What are our eyes going to? And yeah, sometimes it's just test and learning, and sometimes you realize what you're packaging. It's not so you that you didn't even look at the logo change that you were trying to do been there for the last six months and go through the testing, nobody noticed that. Okay. Uh, how do you, in, in those situations, how have you learned to like iterate the next solution from that? Like, how, like what did you learn in those moments? So for, um, I think it depends. I think on product packaging, we have good experiences, but we also have some very bad ones. Like sometimes we have found that out at the shelf already. Mm -hmm. And of course, yeah, like, again. You are shipping already, the product is on the shelf, it's not, it's not selling, not working well. Now we're trying to bring that forward a lot more. So what we're doing is moving a bit more away from physical mockups and, and products and really starting more digitally on the screen, testing everything. So before, even from the design firm, before we iterate a lot and before we start to really work on the details of the product, we start doing more testing to see if this is working. Same with web uh, design, we also do AB testing, we do banners for products, we put a couple of them there, you see what are the click-through rates, are people opening this or the other, and, and then based on that, we continue to work But yeah, we do quite a lot of that. Why is failure so important in that situation though? Because like AB testing maker is a failure there. So the, the thing with failure is, you need to fail at the right time, right? So you need to fail fast and fail cheap. Like, I'm sure you've read that or don't say that. But it's really true, because if you fail when the product is already in the shelf, you have wasted that whole lot of money. That's, that failure is not good. And if you learn from it, it really is not good. The good thing is, is you fail a lot of So you test as much as you can, as many ideas as you can, but you need to learn to kill your ideas or kill your babies. We do a lot of things. Again, there are areas where we're working, thinking of shiny objects, yeah, IoT, so Internet of Things, and uh, e-commerce, and we do lots of experiments there, so the, the key there is to learn to kill them as fast as you can. Like we were talking the other day, we get this thing there, we got four consumers interested in two months. We got the other thing in two weeks, we got 300, okay, which one do you think works? Okay, but this one goes, oh no, it's such a good idea, let's push it. It's not selling, let me just uh, <laughs> move on, <laughs> keep, uh, keep trying to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, uh, okay. yeah, Okay, so this is more from like a design perspective, um, not necessarily like experience or whatever, but 
I know that as a graduating senior, like, there's multiple different sectors of design we can go into. Mm -hmm. And one of the deterrents, at least for me, and I think I speak for a lot of people, um, from going to a big company is kind of being scared of those already defined, like, strict brand standards, which Tide, I'm sure, has evolved through the times, but those still exist. So as a designer, like, what, how do you penetrate through that kind of scared and like understand how to take those brand standards and conform them to like what you want to push and how to evolve. Jamie? Uh, so I think that because of uh, our particular uh, history, having our having the business before we came a part of time, we had like an existing language and set of assets that customers and parents were familiar with. We have been part of Tide, the university laundry space, for 16 months. So before that, the 18 years before that, the company existed as just university laundry. So I think we've had a lot of conversations with the Tide team about how do we merge and how do we start to move the language away from, while, while not confusing the customer, to go, oh wait, is this the same service? Do they get bought by Tide? We're going to be really open about that. That's exactly what happened. We're very excited about it. But then how do we start to merge the language? And also, like, we're a service that the Tide Visual ID doesn't have a lot of interactions for. Like, it, it doesn't have icons for pickup, right? And so what do we do about that? Well, we, we've been pretty freely creating them to help support the customer, to help support the team um, that's serving the customer. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think as the visual ID for Tide as a, as a service starts to take shape, then we'll see us start to merge towards that, right? And so that visual ID that takes shape with Tide will be largely informed by the, you know, how many icons are in the library you guys have created? 70? It's about as size as Yeah, maybe, maybe 70 icons that represent something along, like none of that exists, and so we'll start to see some of that merge with what does exist and what's being created and what's you know, what's transforming. So I think it's a little bit of a of a creek that's doing this and then it'll eventually be a, a flat river as it starts to take shape. I think for us, you know, we've we when we need something for a particular interaction in an app, we'll create it. And we've had the you know the space to do that. Does that feel yeah. accurate with you? Can I ask a clarifying question? What'd you say? Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. As a student, are you looking at the landscape before you and thinking like, God, there's corporate brands that don't look like they have a lot of freedom, and there's like some agency and freelance staff that, man, I could do some dope stuff doing that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what track to take. Yeah. I see some head nodding. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of where I was coming from. Yeah. Um, both paths are valid. And I think you can do one see how you like it, do another, see how you like it, and then make your mind up, and then do it again, um, and then do it again. Um, you won't be stuck unless you want to be stuck. And um, it's, it's kind of the fun part of the process. Because I've, I've been in hard corporate brands, I've been at agencies, like I'm freelancing for an agency right now, and they gave me something, I'm like, oh, what are the brand standards? They go, they don't have it. I'm like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. So, and that, that's okay. Um, so there's both tracks and uh, there's possibilities for both. I'd like to encourage you too and everyone else dealing with that same struggle, I guess. Um, I think that's a fair question in an interview to bring up. 
I think you you poised it very well. Like, so I, you know, this is more of a corporate environment for me, and I'm just uh, one of my concerns is just being locked in and just being kind of a cog or something like that. How do you guys structure your brand management system, your design system, and um, what are some of the challenges or that you guys are facing right now? And maybe by me knowing that, I can better assess whether I can bring a strength to this team. Um, something like that, I think, would help navigate that conversation in a way that is trying to structure it in a positive framework. Because again, they're going to be thinking about what kind of strength do you add to uh, their team. And by asking a fair question like that and trying to surface and challenge them a little bit, like what is the challenge, what are you struggling with, maybe I can help. I think that's a fair way to go about it in an interview for sure. I think another thing, just generally as you uh, go in, you know, uh, go into a career, is um, you might need more structure at the beginning Good. Uh, that helps you learn a lot of lessons in a safe place. Um, where you don't have to think about everything, right? And if you do that for a couple of years and then you tackle uh, something where it's a little bit more free field or open, um, then you have those lessons to take with you. Um, and again, and I, I can't uh, like echo, you're, you're not stuck loudly enough. I think, um, uh, I think most people, whether it's about a job or, or moving somewhere or buying a house or whatever, they they think these are just epic decisions in life. Well, you can change them. <laughs> like, if you're not stuck in them forever. It, I think maybe they used to be bigger decisions than they are now because you picked a career and you were in it for the rest of your life at a company, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's just not the way the world works, but we, we haven't shed as a culture the idea that these decisions are really huge. Um, and they're important and they will change your life. I don't want to completely downplay them. But, um, I would say in the beginning, like he's talking about, the first two bosses that you have are going to be so important to you to like learn from, <coughs> good and bad habits from, and then figure out which good and bad habits that you like and don't like. Yeah, and I would also say choose your boss. Ooh. Make sure you like that person. Yeah. Well, on that one, I think there are still choose your boss, <laughs> and your boss may leave uh, two weeks later. <laughs> What was what's one thing you learned in the professional environment that you wish someone would have told you as a student or like a new grad going into the professional workforce? Wow. Yeah. Or just a few questions. Am I gonna let me use? most important thing, I think, and it goes along with not being stuck, is to dream as big as you can. Um, and I'm not saying that from the hipster, 
millennial perspective where it's like I'm going to sit around and do nothing until my dream job comes around. I mean, like, really hustle, really get out there and really push for the thing that you feel you've been, like, you want to do, that you want to pursue. Um, so whether that's in Oklahoma, I think that's great. Like, don't don't just because you're you've been in design school, you're in Stillwater and you want to, you know, make it big somewhere else. That's that's a great dream, too. But maybe it is something to be a local change, to do something different, to start your own agency um, something like that, but just pursue it and go a hundred percent at it and fail, fail quick, fail often at that mm-hmm. learn bounce. Cause all the stuff that's going to happen, no matter what that path leads you to, you're learning some really key things there. And if you're really aggressive, um, you're going to learn so much on the front end that you can then carry into the next five to 10 years and that journey and that path that you're going to be way ahead of the game of anybody else sitting in the seat that you're in at whatever point in time you find yourself. So just dream big and then practice, get after it, show up and swing every day. One thing that Dan says, I was not as smart as I thought I was. But the key message is you know, always be humble too. You know, and always open up your horizons to try to learn. don't be discouraged when you don't hear back because people are super busy like now being on the other side hiring too like it's not that they don't care about you it's literally they have so many things going on at the same time uh, so I don't know just going through that process I was like oh, why does no one love me like no one wants me uh, but that's not the case it's not always true like you have great work and just piggyback on that too um, I I love Skillshare. I don't know if you all do Skillshare at all. That is my favorite thing. Literally, anytime, like, just spend time learning new things, um, picking up on a craft, and really actually putting in time and effort instead of just watching Netflix. That's always like, come on, what are you doing with your extra time? Um, And just finding ways to push your portfolio a little bit further. So, yeah. I would say... um Networking uh, is way more important than people like people say it's important, but like uh, most jobs and most opportunities come from those people that you do know. Uh, skill is very important as well, but um, knowing the right people as well because people get a million stuff in front of them and they have to choose. But if they've worked with or know that you've worked with someone or they know your work because you have a relationship, they're going to think of you, uh, especially when it comes to trust with us. And then I think is the other one because uh, like you're not stuck but you have to be really humble and you have to fail a lot to learn it and that's not comfortable so learning to fail uh, quicker when you're younger will make it so much easier because it will happen. I would add a couple things. I think reliability is far more important than anybody ever talks about. If you can deliver something on time and it's not as good as somebody who may not deliver it on time, I'm going to choose you every time. Yeah, know that. 
two, this is it's the emotional thing about it. Your work and your personal value are not the same thing. So just know that you're gonna you're gonna face a ton of rejection and failure, and it's okay. It's not you. Keep going. It's uh, it's in the other one I'm that is is not such a serious thing or a big problem to fail at work or change jobs or that's not what really matters. You have projects that go wrong and uh, sometimes you make decisions that don't go well. And to me other than when it touches people, like when you know well, that person is really having a tough night tonight probably after this discussion. Other than that, it, it's okay. It's, it's just business, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? You get fired, it's okay. Find another job, it's, it's fine. <laughs> really, I, I wish uh, somebody yeah. told me I mean, at the very beginning, like, oh God, what like with a project? Um, yeah, that migration didn't go well, all those trucks queuing at the door of the warehouse, um, can I get fired? But no, I'm still I would say uh, our ability to learn is what makes us the most valuable. That, that's the most valuable thing that we are to any business, right? Um, and then, uh, and then just realizing that everybody you will work with—that's um, probably not the center of their life. And so, um, if they're if, if they're having a bad day, like if they mistreat you at some, at some point, it's probably not personal. It probably has nothing to do with you. It probably has something to do with something else that's going on in their life that you don't know about. Um, and so giving people that, that grace uh, and not, you know, not taking it too personally, but also not holding a grudge against them because of something they did. Uh, and just kind of be kind of, I don't know, just be more thoughtful in that sense uh, about maybe Maybe they're about that today, and they're not telling me that because that's personal information. But they sure seem to be mad at me or something. Uh, I'm just a dog guy, Debbie. Well, yeah, I mean, no, no, I said that to be too. I think now we're just saying things. More nuggets. More nuggets. If any of you are going to work and do design for a business, chances are. Whoever you're talking to needs and wants that business to grow. That's if you can help solve that goal, you're gonna get two thumbs up. You can deliver it on time and, and explain how your design work and its glory, it's so pretty, is gonna bring more business to them, you're gonna get hired again, especially if it does. Right? Like that that is a big goal in business. If you wanna go, if you wanna go not do business things and make art for art. I will come to your shows because I love it. <laughs> if I'm going to hire you for my business, it's probably related to growth. Yeah. I That's so practical. Yeah. Add on to that. Very practical. Yeah. When I'm looking at a portfolio that comes to yeah. my desk, is that I'm not looking at your best piece. Yeah. I'm looking at your worst piece because that's what you're going to deliver when you come over, when you come into the office, and you have a deadline on Friday, and it's Wednesday. So what, and then you made a choice to put that in there, and do I know what your decision making is in your portfolio? Then what do I know that your decision making is going to be when it was a deadline on Friday? And the second thing is, I want a boring designer. Like, the flashy ones are, are going, typically the ones who fight for that, the freedom and whatnot, won't solve the business goal. 
And so, like... So does that mean I'm boring? Boring is good. Frameworks are good because it helps you iterate quickly, make decisions, solve for the totally. user. The user is the most important thing. Totally. Not me. Yeah, that was really, that was like, if there's any takeaway, I think that this little discussion right here was, was the, the money. Um, because it's less about when you present your portfolio, this is my work, do you approve of me? It's, it's more of a discussion of that business strategy of how do you take a problem and how do you grow that into a solution that then helps whatever that person, that organization is trying to champion forward in this world and how it connects um, to whatever person that they're trying to connect with, with whatever product that is um, on the table at the time. So that's really good stuff. So Dan just kind of has this, everybody has a portfolio, right? Everybody has a resume. They send their portfolio so you can look at the work they have, some flashy stuff, some boring stuff, gas yes, and kind of range of things. And there's a resume attached So and there's like dozens of these. So how do you go by selecting those or what your advice for them? But that's the point of contact. Can you do anything more to reach beyond that bridge? Or... Yeah. Uh, making things easy to find. <laughs> uh, spell check. Uh, no, uh, personality is really important. Like, like, who are you and why is who you are going to add value to a team and a business? Uh, and like, what are your interests within design, but also without design, like outside of design? Um, because that that's we you are adding that to the team. Um, so you want that to meet up on the resume or the cover that it is saying you have a good flavor on everything? Yeah, well I love about <laughs> pages like on portfolios, like show like that's also a design study, like how are you communicating about yourself, who you are, um, what you say about yourself is really important, how you talk about yourself. Um, and so making that really accessible quickly um, is really nice. Uh, resume is also a really good place to do that. Um, the work should be different because we all look at Behance and all of those, that work is all just like, it's like hanging business cards, like are floating, like if someone did something different and then put that in front of me, I would look at that. Because it can be equally as beautiful and not floating with like a hard shadow on top of it. Like, there's a lot of like those mock-ups. Um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, when it goes about that, I think we live in an interesting time in, in, uh, in our, like just the world with mm -hmm. technology. So if you want the same result that everybody's had, keep doing what everybody's been doing. Um, but you live in a time where um, you have this personal device here that connects you. You're your own media content company. You're your own whatever you want to be, right? And so, sure, put your stuff on Dribble, put yourself on Behance, mail stuff in. That those are all great avenues. But again, how many? How wide is that uh, road? How many other people are traveling that same space? How much harder is it going to be for you to stand out in that kind of crowd? So as you think about how am I going to market myself and communicate to somebody, also think about some core truths about how do you best communicate? Like what are you great at writing? So maybe some kind of blog, medium post is like a way to drive people to the work that you're doing. Or are you great on social media? Is Instagram your jam? Um, do a lot of stories. I'm, I need to be hired. Hey, what's going on? Search some Instagram tags, DM somebody at a place like you've done hours and hours of research and you finally found this designer that works at this place. DM them. Add value to that conversation. Don't just take from it. So figure out that strategy. That's where you're going to put a lot of your time and effort into is what does that need to look like? And then just start practicing at it. Keep practicing at it. And 
that didn't work, I didn't get a good response, that did work, maybe I just need to pivot off of that and do something different with that person. So change it up, but also be very true to the core of who you are as a person and communicate that way. I got a job on Twitter, like someone I admired to reach out to. I slid into their DMs and asked if they had a job. Ooh, and, DMs. And it goes down in the DMs. And it was like one of my heroes, and that was really cool. Uh, so like traditional avenues aren't always the best avenue because that's where everyone thinks like, mm-hmm. as a designer, we want to stand out. And everyone's sending a resume in, maybe there's a different way to get your work in front of them. True. Is there one more question and we'll just kind of wrap up this Q&A time with that. Bill, with, coming in with the last <laughs> shot, I love it. Yes. Okay. Like I do have Buzz a senior, I do have a senior students and junior students here, and then this is one of my challenge as a teacher for these guys. You know, I I know what's gonna look good, what's gonna look bad. What I'm trying to do with these guys is that it's okay to make a mistake. Maybe you have terrible design at the end, but I wanted to make something unique. You know, be yourself. And I'm not trying to teach my students to be the best, but maybe I try to teach them to be the one. Mm. And I have a dilemma, you know. I do have uh, senior students graduating in five weeks. I have a junior students here, have uh, one more year to go. Like, do you have any advice any, for me to, how I can lead these guys to be a, a successful designer or the designer? better than one of the best designer. I love to open that question up to everybody too. Like I think there's a lot of great ways to approach this conversation too. So, so I want them to be more experimental. It's okay. Maybe you're not gonna have a fancy branding system, mm-hmm. logo design, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll have clumsy outcome at the end, but I wanna see a logical thought mm-hmm. or a good idea going on. Sure. Maybe your idea is incomplete, that's okay. Yeah. But I wanna see how you get there, you'd be articulating your design process. Mm-hmm. So, any advice for, we have uh, three faculty members here. He's going OU, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and the plan with uh, me and with OSU. Do you have any, any advice yeah, yeah. for us to hear? And also, they are hearing at the same yeah. time. Bill, thanks for asking that question, man, and I, I just want to support and encourage you that I love your heart and how you want to lead them. It's yeah. not about being the best and having it all together. Mm-hmm. It's about really putting in the time to understand who they are as a creator, as an artist, as a designer, as someone who's trying to put value into the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right place from if I was teaching, if I was coaching, like that's where it should always be in the that relationship, right? So yes more of that always from that perspective and then as that kind of translates into the students relationship it's like very much it's not about having something that feels so put together you're at a season and time of life where you really need to understand your core truths of like how you want to approach things and the only way to do that is to continue to figure out the breaking points you're always figuring out the breaking points even us up here are figuring out the breaking points you've never arrived you've never kind of had everything together um, and once you can stabilize yourself in that core component, then you can really create some awesome stuff. Because how can you create anything that makes sense if your own person, if your own way of thinking is so convoluted and not structured and not stable in a way that makes sense to you? How are you ever going to figure out 
what to bring value to in this world. And so that's just kind of what resonated with me through that.